and welcome back to Mixed Media Live. Look at that. I look pretty sleek. New camera going on here. Look at that. Look at the, look at the focus. I think, I think the frame rate's higher, right? Uh, it might be. I was using my phone before, so I don't know what kind of auto, like, you know, throttling was happening with the frame rates. Yeah, you definitely look smoother to me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it, feel, it feels nice. It feels, like, oddly too professional for, for what we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, uh, proper depth of field looking stuff here. Yeah, it's real. It's like the cam the camera's actually focusing on me real time. It's not some fake uh, AI stuff. So uh, it's yeah. optical. So uh, it actually looks good. <laughs> um, yep. But welcome back to Mixed Media, our weekly show, always happening at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, Ben's not going to be able to make it today. But the show must go on. We've got two awesome segments going forward. And uh, you'll be able to listen to the podcast as we create it, as usual. Um, a few housekeeping things. The Locals uh, page. Actually, I didn't say what we do here at Mixed Media. Let me, let me say that first. So Mixed Media. And here at Mixed Media, we produce a podcast based around anything art, basically, whether it's pop culture philosophy, reviews, interviewing artists, and mostly around the indie sort of uh, space, you know, well, maybe not in terms of topics, but, you know, in terms of interviews at least. And uh, we're trying to grow. We're trying to grow. So if you enjoy any of these podcasts, if you enjoy spending time with us, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, if you're listening in post, please, the best thing you could do is share with someone your favorite episode that you learned the most from, that you enjoyed the most, whatever it is, share it with your friends, and uh, that helps us more than anything. But the second thing that you could do to help us is to head over to mixedmediapodcast.com or mixedmedia.locals.com. Either places you can find a, a place to support us uh, with a monthly uh, donation. Sounds weird. Sounds like we're nonprofit. <laughs> it's not a nonprofit. <laughs> but it helps us to uh, increase the production value, get the podcast shown to more people, cover expenses, all that kind of stuff. And it's much appreciated. If you go over there, you get a whole bunch of perks, including uh, guaranteed interviews and reviewing your work and a whole bunch of stuff that I think is quite valuable. So go over to those places to check it out. Yeah, so I guess we'll uh, introduce ourselves. I guess that's something that we should do. Unfortunately, the plate for Ben's going to show up, and he's absent. But here it is. <laughs> so I'm oh, uh, is that of uh, <laughs> Oh, we are in the wrong spot. I see. I thought it felt weird. Wait, I thought yeah, it felt that... weird. This oh, is how it normally that? is. Yeah. Okay, I'll fix that for next episode. So those aren't our names. <laughs> but my name is uh, Irving Nestor. I'm a filmmaker and media entrepreneur. Um, I own a company called Ariella. And I love doing all that stuff. I love doing what I do. I'm Nathan Nestor. I'm a 3D modeler and a game developer. So uh, normally we open up with uh, how our weeks have been going and news, and so that's what we're going to do. So uh, how was your week? Uh, it's been all right. Um, nothing really that eventful. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, for me, it was good. Got new projects going. Uh, that is bringing in money, which is always nice, but not the tiny projects that I was doing before, which is also nice. I've got this new camera, so let me talk about that real quick. I've got the Sony a7 IV, which has the ability to be a webcam internally, 
and my goodness has autofocus just become almost futuristically good i've never experienced autofocus that was this pristine um and perfect it's like a camcorder right like camcorders have been uh having amazing autofocus since the dawn of time but uh <laughs> but uh these uh dslr and mirrorless type cameras the youtuber type camera basically uh they've been lagging for uh at least a decade now <laughs> in terms of having a camcorder like autofocus but this this is pretty close this is like i think 99.5 percent to a camcorder um in terms of uh just absolute beautiful autofocus and uh I've been enjoying the heck out of that. That's been the most useful thing about this camera is not having to worry about how the heck am I going to pull focus when I'm trying to create really quickly. So, uh, uh, yeah, I love this camera, man. I just, I like it a lot. <laughs> um, and the other thing is connecting as a webcam, like no extra devices, literally just USB in, no extra software. It just recognizes it as if it's a webcam. You'd be surprised, surprised how useful that is, that, that feature. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for me. How about uh, news? I think there's there's huge gaming news actually. Yeah, there's only one piece that uh, is going to you know, and any 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 bad press that anyone was going to have, uh, they got lucky because there's one news story that just overshadows anything. So yeah. Um, yeah, Microsoft has acquired Activision Blizzard, which is most likely going to be the biggest gaming news of the year, and probably. Has been is like the biggest gaming news of the past like two years, you know, um, yeah. with some you know uh, maybe some some competition in the, uh, for that. But um, what they will do do with it is unclear. Is a very like it just happened one day, and then like you know there was not really like a, oh we're talking about it, it just happened. Uh, presumably, Activision Blizzard was at its cheaper point given all the uh, bad press it was getting, and so Microsoft was like oh that's a good deal. <laughs> And, uh, and took it maybe um i mean technically they sure. haven't they haven't bought it yet the the papers have no. not been signed yet yeah yeah um but most likely they will buy yeah. it pretty much uh like you know like almost guaranteed um so what does this mean for activision blizzard it's unclear because microsoft has said just about nothing about it um uh, uh, it's so okay. So last year, Microsoft acquired Bethesda, and what they did with that is they said, "Oh, the next Elder Scrolls will be a will not be on PlayStation." Right. Um, so you know, biggest question: Will they do that? But for like all of these titles under Activision Blizzard, and uh, for reference, Activision Blizzard has COD. Um, I, I posted an image in the Discord. Uh, I'll just read off of it. Some of them: uh, COD, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Tony Hawk, uh, Guitar Hero, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, Hearthstone, StarCraft, etc., um, and Candy Crush. So those are like the biggest titles um, currently, or you know, some of the biggest titles at least. Um, they already uh, confirmed not that long ago, I might have been today or yesterday or something like that, that uh, they will not make COD a. Uh, They'll leave it on PlayStation at least, at least that. Oh um, wow! But, uh, I'm surprised they made that uh, promise so quickly. <laughs> I think it'd be a lot of angry. If, if, <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like that's they get boycotted the or something that can be played just anywhere. You know, you know, it's like I don't know. It'd be very, I don't know. It's very, very, be very odd. I feel like if that was a thing. Um, 
I don't know why exactly. It doesn't feel like that kind of game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I people, people buy... It like it should be pushing numbers. What I say again? No, you say again? I think it's because it feels like the game that is just made to push numbers, just yeah. sales, like nothing else to it. Yeah, for sure. And people are like, people, you know, PlayStation users, they've been, uh, you know, yearly uh, purchasers of, of COD. They just feel like they, they would be, they would feel like they would have been screwed, right? Like, you know, <laughs> they have their yeah. console, they can't change it, you know, especially these days. And so uh, they're kind of just stuck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's the thing. Uh, and um, Sony stock like died <laughs> afterwards. Uh, let me see what it is right now because I know these things change very fast. So it could have gone back up, you know, stuff like that. Sony, Sony's biggest industry is the gaming industry. Um, given that they, which is interesting because I mean, the average person like outside of our spheres of interest we probably think like cameras or something like that um but yeah it's not it's not their biggest thing it's just playstation <laughs> essentially and uh stuff like that i think it makes up for like 20 something percent of their revenue uh something like that hopefully i didn't get that wrong <laughs> but um so you know that being the competitor if microsoft is looking good being the owners of xbox then you know it, it's essentially like a zero-sum game there right <laughs> uh yeah. there's, there's no there's no there's no they just they just go at each other pretty much so they lost uh 20 billion dollars in stock value i believe um it seems like it has not gone back up <laughs> so it is it, it went it took a dip slowly went down took a dip again then like rose up crazily as people probably thought wait a minute this is too cheap <laughs> uh and then it started going back down again and now it's sort of steady so uh yeah yeah i mean that's uh pretty all the news i have oh one more thing uh genshin impact is under a new owner i don't know anything about that (laughs) but um yeah the power consolidation in gaming over the past three years has been insane (laughs) it's bad for sure uh it is it is looking worrying like very it was already worrying before now it's like very worrying i guess um I also, you know, when's the next company going to just consume EA? I'm waiting for that. <laughs> um, EA is gigantic, is though. Like, you know? Yeah. Not that Microsoft necessarily, because they just spent on on. Uh, it was a uh, how much was it? Sixty nine billion dollars or seventy billion dollars, something like that. Yeah, it was, um, was uh, sixty nine point five billion dollars, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much they have left to spend, <laughs> so. I don't know, you know, they could just, I, I assume they could, I, I assume, I don't know if this is true, that they are not in a position where they could, they could just, you know, consume EA with no question, you know, just like, yeah, not not a big deal kind of thing, you know. Um, but, you know, there are other, other uh, big players like Amazon and Netflix who have been getting into gaming. Um, you know, Netflix, like, lightly so, it's like they tap, like, dip their foot in, they just left, oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, and then there's, um, well, I think they're coming back with that. And uh, Amazon's, like, just been in the background. I mean, they've had Twitch for a while, but aside from that, they just, I don't know, I mean, like working in the background, doing things slowly. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll buy EA. So. Dude, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I mean, You're, yeah, it's not like the greatest. Gaming is going to like enter the uh, like trust busting era of, fil- of like the film went through like uh, right before the golden age, basically. 
Yeah. I think the problem is that, like, I don't know, it's like we're too far from any such monopoly happening, right? Because yeah, it's not really a monopoly. It's just the fact that there are so few of them. Oh, they might in the future, at least. Maybe well, so few of these the thing is, the thing is, like, you know, that gets into the whole what is a monopoly thing, which is originally defined a lot more broadly than uh, the way it's applied today. You know, like a strict monopoly doesn't have to be the only way you uh, think of a monopoly. So, yeah, yeah. it's See, it's like the breadth, right, of control. It's like what you can consider is like Microsoft has no specialty, is increasingly having zero specialty, you know, going forward. They just own things. Uh, Yes. <laughs> so, and then they just uh, profit off of uh, obscene amounts of uh, of uh, capital that doesn't just buy you stuff, right? Buys you a lot of advantage in different ways. So, mm. you know, I think the natural progression of the situation is that we get a uh, we get a, um, a Microsoft universe uh, like um, a fighting game, right? <laughs> I think this is a. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like Smash Bros, but um, Microsoft. <laughs> we have Steve from Minecraft, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and we have some World of Warcraft characters, uh, a yeah, Candy Crush character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tony be... Hawk himself, apparently. <laughs> Tony, voiced by Tony Hawk as well, of course. <laughs> uh. Well, for me, I only have one one news item as well, um, so I'm going to take the whole news segment to talk about it. But uh, some Baldwin updates. That story is hilarious. I'm definitely going to do an update episode. There's just an, there's enough material that I could probably do ten more episodes about it. But um, and for those who have been living under a rock, Alec Baldwin uh, uh, shot a uh, cinematographer on the set of Rust some months ago. Uh, it's been a while now, actually. I can't even, I don't even remember when it happened. And it made the news. People were simultaneously saying guns should don't belong on set and also saying Alba Baldwin should be put in jail. And then it became like this uh, weird internet feud thing that really has no relation to real life. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's an interesting case for a lot of reasons, a lot of like mental experiments, there's a lot of questions you can ask about justice and blah, 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 blah. But it's also dramatic and hilarious and just silly. But, but for the person that some, somebody died, which is, you know, sad, uh, this is just a ridiculous uh, situation. So here are some, some new details about the Alec Baldwin uh, shooting. Um, so the biggest news uh, coming out of this week, uh, I think this lawsuit was filed actually at the end of last week, if I recall correctly. Um, was that the armor is suing the prop company that uh, loaned, uh, rented rather, the guns to them and supplied them with the blanks, dummy rounds, and live rounds? Question mark. I don't understand what's being alleged about the live rounds. I'm not sure. I understand that the prop company sells live rounds because in the lawsuit it says that they don't sell live rounds, but it says that they received live rounds. So, so is, is, is like, uh, maybe it's supposed to be like, maybe it's just like they weren't supposed to sell those, but then they did anyways, I, kind of like they don't advertise that they sell them, but they did. The thing is, that's what it sounds like, but the lawsuit doesn't make that straightforward accusation, which makes me think that they're just kind of uh, saying stuff, if you get what I'm saying. 
um, this lawsuit's very bad. Like, in ter- very bad in terms of it's just not. It's not going to succeed. It's definitely a lawsuit that was the armor. The armor uh, Hannah Gut- Gutierrez Reed is suing the uh, prop company. The okay. ba- basically safety officers suing the prop company, um, and yeah. So, I mean. That's that alone surprised me. I was like, why is she suing the prop company? Okay, so she accuses them of labeling a box of dummy rounds. And you can go back to our episode about uh, the situation to understand the difference between dummy rounds and live rounds and all that, all that jazz. It's a great series, a three-episode series. We have a playlist on YouTube if you want to check it out. Um, but if you just search uh, Rust or Alec Baldwin or Helena Hutchins, you'll find it on our, on our different uh, sources. But basically, these dummy rounds are supposed to be nothing but just shells, you know. And so she alleges that uh, this uh, box of dummy rounds was mislabeled uh, in such a way that made her construe it as dummy rounds when it should have been when they were live rounds. I don't know. The lawsuit's extremely confusing, which is never a good sign. Like, let me, let me for people who don't normally read lawsuits or look at text of lawsuits, let me explain something. When you write a lawsuit, you want it to be easily, app- like, it's not, you don't write legalese, right? Like, people people have this uh, image in their head when you write a lawsuit that you're just writing a whole bunch of legalese. Yeah, when you're citing the law, it's going to be some legalese. When you're citing, uh, uh, you know, uh, opinions about the law, you know, what's called case law, you know, when you're citing those things, it's going to be a bit of legalese. When you're accusing facts, right, when you're just saying X happened, Y happened, you usually say it extremely plainly because you want a judge or whoever's reading to very clearly understand what you're saying so that, you know, they can be instantly uh, uh, convinced, right? You want to say things in the most convincing, simple manner, uh, minimal but uh, effective facts, you know, in your lawsuit, right? This lawsuit is nothing like that. It's just, it's just kind of like a diary of all the bad things that happened on set without tying it to the prop company. In like uh, this whole time, you know, looking at the lawsuit, looking at the text of the lawsuit, listening to some analyses of the lawsuit, I'm like, why is she just suing like the production? Like it's confusing because <laughs> she just kind of complains about the production the entire lawsuit but doesn't tie any of this back to the prop company in any concrete way other than vague mentions of the employees. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of crazy. So I'm, I'm curious as to whether you even... Okay. The prop company is just sells them stuff, just sells them props, right? They have no other, like, involvement. They just give it to them. Like, it's like a normal, like, like a Walmart, essentially, for props, right? <laughs> so essentially... Sort of, but they also can provide training. So part of the reason why they get involved here is that the particular person, a particular armorer at that prop company, had uh, mentored uh, Hannah Gutierrez Reed uh, in term in this uh, particular firearm style. So that's the thing is I don't know how relevant that is because it seems as though anything that he has to do with anything is more just like interpersonal drama than it is like. Uh, I don't know. It's like he sided with her enemies instead of her, so she's mad. I don't know. It's just like, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're alleging exactly, um, which is not a good sign. You need to, you know, anyone should be able to read your lawsuit and know what you're alleging, right? <laughs> um, but in any case, though, so she said bad labeling, 
Then she went off on details, like I said, about the set that have nothing to do with the prop company. She said that her dad was supposed to be the original uh, uh, prop master, or sorry, uh, armor, which is interesting because uh, she, yeah, that was, that was a connection everyone made immediately. It was like her dad was the legendary, you know, armor Hollywood guy who taught people. So apparently he was supposed to be the original person uh, to do the job, but then he missed the flight and then she was subbed in. I don't know. That that's kind of a bizarre thing, but that's what it says. So, <laughs> oh, I was about to say, can you just take a new flight? But I forgot that this thing was like under like like two days, right? It's like a very short. short well, the thing uh, is, this is twelve days, time. right? So, I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe she's so cheap, you know, that they were like, ah, we'll just stick with her, you know. Uh, I don't know. I I don't, I don't get it. We'll, we'll we'll find out, I guess. But, eventually. Wait, wait. But she was known for having issues before that with this stuff, right? Yeah, on uh, the Nick Cage set, yeah. So they subbed in the legendary guy for her. I mean, okay. I get that she's close by, but I feel like you did it temporarily or something. I don't know. Unless it was, wait, what day were we on when this happened? Do you know? I think it was towards the end. I can't remember what day it was. Okay, yeah. Let's say, like, maybe, like, you know, have her temporarily and then sub someone else in, but it seems like they just had her there and, you know, the whole thing then. But. <laughs> Yeah, like this whole thing, like it's so foreign to me from my understanding of film. I'm like, what was this production? Like this production was abnormal in every way possible. Like why was it run this way? <laughs> but, but uh, you know, the, that's how it was run. So remember the two negligent discharges that we talked about as well uh, that happened during the shooting of Rust? So her lawsuit mm-hmm. says that other people negligently discharged the firearm, not her, which... Yeah, that that actually is interesting because the way the the, the people had been talking about the complaints that the uh, crew was making made it sound like it, she had negligently discharged it. But when I remember now, it's not clear whether it's her who does it. It's just assumed that it's her who does it because she's testing these weapons, if you get what I'm saying. Oh. Um, but it, she names the people who negligently uh, discharged the firearms the times before. So I'm going to assume that's actually true, um, unless... It's like a bold-faced lie that will be, like, yeah, uncovered, pretty, uh... like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> uncovered, like, literally, like, tomorrow, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume that's true, which is interesting. And her allegation is that the, the live round got in because someone sabotaged the gun because it was left unattended for five minutes before the scene was, the scene, the the practice session in question. So then the question is, why did you leave the gun for five minutes? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is exactly, but her excuse is that she left two people in charge of watching it, which could be uh, just fine. I'm not sure if I would let untrained people watch something like that, but you know, okay. That, that could be an excuse. Yeah, right. Huh? She was the only like person whose job that was though, right? Which I can yeah, I can see if you have to do something else. Like you know, I mean, it's probably not her sole responsibility. It's probably the other thing she needs to do, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of get that. If you need to go somewhere, but you know, for a short period of time, like five minutes, okay, I guess. Yeah. But especially that there are two people, so it's like you have to rely. You mean both people have to mess up? You know, it's like. I feel like that's a decent bar for just looking at it, you know, just watching it. <laughs> Nothing more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the crazy thing is she said that they walked away and left it unattended for those five minutes, and unbeknownst to her. 
And I was like, okay, so did you come back and find the gun unattended? In which case, what should you do? Is the question? Is you should go check mm. the, the the rounds again? That like I feel like oh this is this is the, this is the day this is like the yeah this is the day this, yeah oh wow okay <laughs> so she's wait, saying no, that wait she, she, did you say the names of these people <laughs> she yeah uh, no she didn't name those people though <laughs> because I feel like those are like like the <laughs> the prime suspects the people right <laughs> she's she's saying it's sabotage. And those people would be literally prime suspects, but she's not, like, naming them in the lawsuit, which is bizarre. Um, when she was willing to name the other people who negligently discharged the gun. So, uh, it's kind of bizarre again. Uh, now, the thing is, I, I still don't think it helps her at all, because if she if she left it for five minutes and came back and no one was there, she should presume the firearm's unsafe and then recheck the firearm before doing something again, right? Like, that, that again, seems like a... Her problem. Uh, if she came back and they were there, but she didn't know they left for five minutes, then we're actually in gray zone territory. Where uh, now that's that's just uh, hashing it out in the courts to see what a jury would think mm. about that. You know, in terms of what's reasonable. Yeah, it's, she, it's still weird that he gets the names, but even then, yeah, if she came back and she found it, like maybe they they left for five minutes and came back before she came back, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if they especially if they knew like how long she'd be gone or whatever. And then they just didn't say anything, and then someone else told her eventually or something. Yeah. And that would make sense, I guess. But I don't know. What yeah. are the odds that two people are both, both, both had the mindset that they should leave, right? <laughs> and then someone else or, or themselves tamper with it at the same time. I don't know. I guess it's, it's possible for sure, right? I guess it's, it's, it's for sure within the realm of possibility. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, the thing is, the... The thing is, she's, her theory revolves around sabotage, so I guess she would say it was plotted that way. That's why it's so convenient sounding. Um, which may, I don't know. I don't know what happened. So maybe this case has become yeah. so bizarre that maybe it was plotted. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I was like, I don't think about it. Like all the other uh, like uh, um, things in my brain that could have happened. I'm like I mean, these all seem pretty low, low chance though. So I guess it could really be any one of these. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no evidence for it. It doesn't seem likely, but that's what she's alleging. So I don't know. Um, the, uh, so okay, so I'm about. To, so her lawsuit makes her look really. Oh, the other thing that she uh, reveals is that uh, Mr. Baldwin failed to come to his cross draw training uh, that was scheduled with her, which I assume is also true because, again, that's a very verifiable fact, right? Like, she either. I'm sure there's some. He's also practicing it himself, which is interesting. Not with somebody. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, and okay. she said she even said that she's even said that she's he's not supposed to point the gun at anyone that's against set protocol number one, and number 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 two uh, that he's not supposed to be doing that without her being around. And she alleges that she wasn't there. Oh, not alleges. I think that's pretty much confirmed now that she wasn't even in the room uh, when the incident uh, happened. So it's just. Uh, it's just wild. Now, so her lawsuit actually makes her look worse, in my opinion, because she's, again, she's doing the Baldwin thing where she uh, basically makes a bunch of excuses that just sound like things that mean that it's your fault, <laughs> you know, um, uh, except for the fact that the one scenario that we, uh, we discussed. But an email was leaked, and this is the big bombshell. In fact, not many people are reporting this. I have a particular line of information that I was able to get 
I'm not breaking it, right? Like, so it's not it's not me that found this information or something like that. But I, I found it on a source that not many people are going to be sharing and stuff like that. Um, but it is a reliable source, so you got to trust me here. Now, in fact, I'll put a link in the description if you're curious. I'm not saying the emails are real, 100%. I'm saying they're, like, probably real, like, 60 70% or something like that. Here's, here's the crazy, here's the bombshell email here. So this is the email between the line producer, uh, who's basically, I'll explain that. A line producer is basically the person who's in charge of running the day-to-day, -day, like, producing role uh, on set. You know, a lot of producers, they're not actually on set. You know, they're running things remotely or they're not even uh, involved in the day-to-day -day enough to be clued in like that, right? They're just money and resource gatherers. But a line producer is supposed to be essentially the representative of all producers on set and uh, basically concerned with the budget mostly, right? And uh, making sure that uh, everything, everyone's doing their jobs because uh, you know, everyone's being paid by the producers, that everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so they're the producer's eyes on set. And so the line, there's an email between Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the armorer, and the line producer where they talk about uh, uh, issues. And this was leaked, and it's insane. So here we go. <laughs> so the line producer sends an e the first email to Hannah saying, hey, we hired you to do two jobs at once, armor and assistant props, right? You remember that? Um, and we're only able to do that because we're, it's hard for us to find prop staff, and the union has allowed us to put you in two roles uh, temporarily. So, I'm mad that you're not fulfilling your props job well enough because you're too focused on the armorer stuff. <laughs> I thought she was gone for five minutes. <laughs> so she says she says she's focused too much on on the guns instead of on the. Pro I'm like, where are your priorities? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's exactly what you want her to be like. <laughs> you know, you I, wonder... I can see it making sense if, like, it was like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's not like not. It's not. It's like it's hard because she's she's like take away from the armor, right, and add to the prop part. And then she just said add to the prop part and just, just disregard the you know, armor part. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, say, you know, the... I was like, oh, well, if she's slacking off on that part, then you know you gotta do it. But like, it was like, I don't know. Could you be doing too much as an armor? I feel like it's just that's just a good job. I don't know. Like, well, I guess the thing is, like, okay, you see too much as if you're like here, staring I'll, at the box, the weapons in for like the entire day. <laughs> I'll just tell you about what what uh, what she what Hannah responded, which was uh, actually a really great response. She basically says, "We are so tight scheduled that I barely have time to check all twelve guns that we have on set. I barely have time to make sure that they're locked up and safe, and." I all I prioritize my armorer jobs first. Then when I'm done with that, I then go to my props job. At which point, I just uh, listen to whatever the head props wants me to do, and I'll do whatever extra work is available. And if that means that some days when we're doing like wall-to-wall -wall, uh, blank firing on set, which apparently there's some days that are scheduled like that, where it's just like from you know, day start to day end, they're just shooting blanks all day, basically, that she can't do it those days. And so she basically said, shove it. <laughs> so that was a good response, right? Like, she basically outlined yeah, was, her... as responsible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was like... She basically said Is exactly... Is there a reason why they're doing this in 12 days? 
just seems like, like apparently low budget is their excuse but the more i look into it, the more it's like this just seems like they're that the the heads were squeezing money out of the production actually well, that's a whole angle i'll uh i'll uh, <laughs> talk, talk about later but it sounds like the uh the uh key assets were basically taking large paychecks away from the total budget and they were trying to make the film as cheaply as possible so they could take away as much money as possible from the budget but anyway that's a whole other story cool. <laughs> i think i think no matter how this goes okay they're probably somewhat responsible then right because it seems like mo- mo- all these stories seem to just say that time is is part of the issue is the fact that yeah. things are going too fast yep exactly and then so and so oh actually i missed so in the original email at the same time the line producer then says also i heard yesterday that you let left a shotgun alone unattended on a table why are you uh so bad at your job as being an armorer so what so she's complaining that she's not doing enough props well at the same time say <laughs> is that the five minute thing <laughs> Was it the same? No, this is this is a shotgun. So this is a separate thing, I, I think. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. This is before the incident. Um, uh-huh. So she's so she's saying simultaneously that she's focused too much on being the armorer, while also neglecting the one firearm thing. It's like, well, I mean, she's literally not two people, right? Like, I don't understand. Like, what are you trying to ask of her? So why don't you just hire an extra person? That just sounds like the obvious uh, thing that should be done is you hire another person, but uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so in any case, uh, so Hannah responds with that, and then uh, the line producer uh, basically responds back uh, that uh, she's mad at her um, and uh, that uh, you know she needs to get in line, basically, uh, uh, or uh, you know, I guess implicitly threatening her recommendations for the future and stuff like that and she's early in her career right this is something speculated from the beginning was that she may have been felt pressured to do everything perfectly uh you know quote unquote perfectly um because this is like her second time or whatever third time doing this you know and these people are going to be giving recommendations to future sets and stuff like that so that could have played into her mindset in terms of not making sure the set was safe before uh before anything else you know and walking off if need be right that's not an excuse to be clear that's not an excuse if it ultimately is her fault it's not an excuse but um it it is an atmosphere that the production made which also makes them also to blame right there's this gradient of blame that we can have and uh the law allows that right guys like you can sue all of these people so (laughs) you know it's not like uh one person has to be the person you know uh so (laughs) Yeah, that's my news. <laughs> that was pretty big news from both of us. For, uh, yeah, I guess we kind of filled out Ben's section just with that. Pretty news. much. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we pretty much filled the time slot. Well. Yeah. All right, uh, should we go on to uh, your section? Sure, sure. Sure.